Amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11 while we do our series in the book of Mark. <clears throat> Some of y'all catch that in a minute. We're, we're going to get back to Mark. We sure will, but we're still, we've just, we've, we're kind of chasing a rabbit. And uh, I believe, I believe we're about to catch him. Amen. Uh, we, we, we learned that Jesus, several weeks ago, we learned that Jesus uh, operated in the power of the Holy Ghost. Didn't we learn that? Every miracle he did, every supernatural act he did, every step he took was in the power of the Holy Ghost. And then we learn that we all, if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, you have that same power in you, in you. But we, we admitted, we admitted and we confessed the fact that sometimes we don't walk in that power. And sometimes it feels like we don't experience that power in our, in our lives and in our, in our walk with Christ. And so we've been digging into that. How do we... How do we have that power? How do we walk in victory and be more than conquerors? And, and we learned that it, it, it took salvation, right? You have to be saved and because then salvation is when you receive the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit power without the Holy Spirit. It's a package deal. Are y'all with me? And so it, salvation. And then it's, uh, 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 what do we say? Saturation. Say that with me. Took we have to saturate ourselves in the word, right? And so last week we learned how to do that. We learned how to go to the word and get something from the reading of the word, studying the Bible. How many of y'all enjoyed that last week? All right, here's a more important question. How many of y'all did your homework? All right, all right. The rest of you, detention after class, amen. Listen, it's very important. You cannot have the power of God and neglect the word of God. All right, and we'll see again some of that today. Well, this week, we're going to talk about that supplication, that prayer. How do we pray? In Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And so here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, obviously, obviously, uh, I have a real attention deficit disorder, and I was going to teach y'all how to pray today. But God gave me an extra message, so we're, next week, Lord's willing, we're going to do how to pray. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about how not to pray. How not to pray. You say, preacher, how, is there a way not to pray? Let me ask you a question. Let's be honest. Don't lie. Don't lie. We're in the house of the Lord Jesus right now. Say amen. Be honest right now. How many of you, how many of you will be honest and say, preacher, there's been times in my life when when I prayed, I felt like, I wasted my time. Be honest, raise your hand. I felt like it didn't go anywhere. I felt like he didn't hear me. I felt like I wasted my time. You know what? You know what? You might have. You might have. Preacher, what are you saying? There's never a waste in prayer. Maybe, maybe there was. Maybe there was. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Were there times in my life when I prayed it didn't go anywhere. Are y'all ready? All right, let's look. Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. Uh, I, I knew, I knew when I said that it was going to get a response. Uh, and, and cause sometimes you think, well, that, that really doesn't sound right. God always hears and answers our prayer. You know, we make that excuse. I've heard somebody say this. Well, if you don't get any answer, that's just a no. 
That's, that's an excuse. Don't, don't believe that. Don't believe that. Listen, there is a way to pray and there is a way not to pray. And so we're going to learn about that today. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse number one. If you're there, say amen. amen. And it came to pass that as he was praying, this is Jesus, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, and the word say in, in Matthew, it's recorded that he said in this manner or in this way, use this pattern, if you will. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. He was bad to say amen. Trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, and that, 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 that we don't hardly ever use that word, but it, it means persistence. He just wouldn't leave him alone. He just kept on knocking. He said, for his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, say it with me, for everyone that asketh what? Receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? These are no-brainers. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Isn't that what we've been talking about? The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the, the worship this morning. I thank you for the spirit in this place. I thank you for the people in this place. I thank you for their hunger for the word. Lord, we've just been digging and digging. It seems like the more we dig, the more you give us. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to, to not just learn how to pray, the Lord, today we'll learn how not to pray. I pray that your perfect will be done. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Please fill me with the Holy Spirit. Control every word coming out of my mouth. I pray in Jesus' name. I desperately need you right now. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will be careful to give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. For as the song said, you are worthy of it all. And Lord, we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. What is prayer? According to this chapter, prayer is asking. It's asking. Say it with me. Prayer is asking. Uh, An answer to prayer is receiving. Is receiving. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times that I have asked and I did not receive. Can anybody say amen? There's times I was seeking and I did not find. There's times I've knocked and the door was not open to me. I know y'all probably more spiritual than I am, and I'm just telling you there's been times in my life that... And, and if you look at it face value, it would seem like that those verses was a lie. Because I did ask. I did ask. But I didn't receive. Say, so, preacher, it, 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 what are you getting at? The Bible says that God answers prayer. Matthew 7. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. The word perfect means complete. Now, it means God wants to show off. That's that's just in simplest terms I can give you. God wants to show off. God wants, you know, we we say that word, you know, we love saying that word. Boy, today, God showed up and showed out. Don't we like that term? You know, let me tell you something. God loves to show out. God loves on the behalf of his children to show what he can do. But sometimes we don't see that in our lives. You know, Luke 12, 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and these things, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? All the things you're seeking after. Fear not, little flock, for it is is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, it tickles God to answer your prayer. So what's the problem? What's the problem? There's some biblical reasons for unanswered prayer. There's some biblical reasons for unanswered prayer. Now, first of all, I want you to write this. There's a couple. I think these are blanks. Aren't these blanks in your notes here? I want you to write this down. First of all, because of disobedience. Because of disobedience. Deuteronomy 1.42. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites, which dwelt in the mountain, came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord. Watch this now. Watch this. But the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying disobedience will cause unanswered prayers. Disobedience would shut down the communication line between heaven and earth. Not only that, secret sin, secret sin, write that down. Number two, Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, in my heart. That means it's secret. That means nobody else knows about it. You know about it. 
You know it's there. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a bad habit. Maybe it's something that, that you, listen, it's there. It's there. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not, what? Hear me. He will not. It doesn't say he cannot. It says he. So secret sin will hinder our prayers. Number three, iniquity. Iniquity, wickedness. Isaiah 59.1. Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he, say it with me, it didn't say he cannot hear. It doesn't say he cannot say, or that he cannot hear, but that he will not hear. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you're shacking up, living in complete, right open adultery, don't, you're wasting your breath trying to pray. Unless it's a prayer of repentance. Are y'all with me? We have created a society that's crept into the house of God where God's children feel like they can live any way they want to live and do anything they want to do and just pray on like everything, you know. Not according to these verses. He said, I will not hear. Number four, number four, stubbornness. Look out. Stubbornness. Zechariah seven thirteen. Therefore, it has come to pass that as he cried, they would not hear. So they cried and I would not hear saith the Lord of hosts. Stubbornness. Number five, instability. Instability. James 1, 6 says, but let him, let him ask in faith. When you pray, pray believing. Pray in faith. Pray without wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Well, preacher, they just sometimes I, I deal with doubt. How in the world am I supposed to pray? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you today how you can pray and have complete confidence that God hears and he's going to answer your prayer. That's kind of exciting, isn't it? All right. Now let me throw one more on there. It's not in your notes, uh, but the Lord reminded me this morning. <clears throat> So let me throw that in here. Just write somewhere if you've got a, a blank somewhere underneath there. Uh, not only not only disobedience, secret sin, iniquity, stubbornness, <clears throat> instability, but write this down. The last one, how you treat your spouse will determine your prayers. You see, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, he said, how you treat your spouse will determine whether your prayers are hindered. He told the, the wives, submit to your husbands, to reverence, respect your husbands. He told the, the husbands, you need to honor your wives. And in another chapter, it says to cherish and nourish her. You're to love her as Christ loved the church. Not only that, you're to love her as you love yourself. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? 
If I'm not cherishing and nourishing my wife and loving her, my prayers are going to be hindered. Ladies, if, if you're a, a wife and you're not respecting and reverencing, and in the word reverence is in the Bible. In Ephesians, it says reverence your husband. In Peter, he said uh, that Sarah called Abraham Lord. Man is quiet. Lord Malcolm. She over there? Good. That's, that's what he said. He said, Sarah honored and reverenced her husband. And Peter is saying this, if we don't treat our spouses the way God wants us to treat our spouses, you might as well forget praying. That your prayers be not hindered. Men, you can't scream and holler at your wife and treat her like a dog and then go in there and pray that God will bless your finances. Ladies, you, you, you can't, you, you can't be disrespectful to your husbands and not honor him and expect God to hear your prayers. How we treat our spouses will greatly determine the answers to our prayer. But there's a number one reason that our prayers are not being answered. There's a num- those are all big reasons, but this is the number one. The number one reason for unanswered prayer would probably have to be asking in the wrong way With the wrong motive. Write that down. Asking in the wrong way with the wrong motive. You say, preacher, where where do you get that? James chapter 4, verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust? that, that, That the word lust is desires. Desires that you have on the inside. The desires that war in your members. Ye lust, ye desire, ye want, and ye have not. You'll go as far as to kill. Has humanity not killed for what they wanted? Humanity has have done incredible things to get what they want. You desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and ye war, yet ye, help me, yet ye have not because ye Okay, you asked. Now I said, preacher, I did ask. Okay, let's finish. Verse 3. You ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. Now watch, watch what this says. Read it with me. That ye may consume it upon your In other words, you ask because it was all about what you want. Had nothing to do with the glory of God. Had nothing to do with the plan of God. Had nothing to do with with God's desires for you in your life. You just said, hey, I want this. God, give me this. And he says, your motive is completely wrong. You see this, this generation of prosperity gospel preachers who are saying, stand up, name it and claim it. Tell God what you want. Let me tell you something. You can't command God to do anything. And that is not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is not so you can get what you want. The purpose of prayer is to honor and glorify God. Oh, preacher, does that mean mean we shouldn't ask for what we want? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. And you'll see what I mean here in a minute. So how can we know what to ask for then? How can we know what to pray? If we're supposed to be praying, believing, if we're supposed to be praying without doubting, 
How in the world can we pray without doubting if what we're praying for is a hard thing to pray for? Now, let's be honest one more time before we go into these points. How many of you really tell the truth now? Tell the truth. How many of you, when you prayed, you really didn't think it was going to happen when, you, when the words come out of your mouth? Some of y'all were honest. You were so full of doubt. You prayed because you were supposed to. You didn't pray because you really thought that God was going to move in that situation. It's kind of like, it's kind of like those people that was praying in, in uh, John Mark's mama's house. Y'all remember? In, in, in the book of Acts when they were praying that, Oh God, deliver Peter. Oh God, get Peter out of there. Oh God, save Peter's life. God delivers Peter. Peter knocks on the door and, and the servant uh, maiden comes to them and said, Hey, Peter's at the door. They said, no. <laughs> Hello. Now how many of us, let's be honest, how many of us, okay, there's been times. You say, preacher, that don't have me. Then why are you shocked sometimes when he does answer prayer? Hello? How, how do we need to pray then? Let me give you four things real quick. We'll, we'll do these fast. Four things. <clears throat> these are prerequisites. Prerequisites. I can't even say it. Prerequisites. Pre, I got to say it slow, right? Prerequisites. What are they? Things that are required in advance, a prior condition. So we need, to, we need to make sure we line up with God so that we can get our prayers answered. So number one, when you get out on your knees, before you ask for the very first thing or what you need, number one, there must be a full surrender to God's will. There must be a full surrender to God's will. Say, preacher, why are you saying that? Because sometimes we ask for something that is not God's will. It's not God's will. Now watch, watch what it says. If we're fully surrendered to God's will, Matthew 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee, say it with me, the Delight thyself also in the Lord. Derive pleasure from the Lord. Your happiness and your joy is consumed in the Lord and the Lord's will for your life and the Lord's plan for your life. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, the rule of God in your life, his plan and will for your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, if you're not familiar with that chapter, you'll understand that he made a list of all the things that we, we are killing ourselves over and killing ourselves for. Clothes and rain, listen, food and, and, and all the pleasures of life, all the things that we need, all the necessity. And he's saying, look, let me tell you something. Let me, if you would just put God first in your life and seek his will for your life, he'll make sure you have all of these things. Amen. Not just, and I love this, not just what you need, some things that you want. The desires of your heart. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch this. Watch this. First John 5. This is the confidence. Uh-oh, that's what we've been looking for right there. I need some confidence when I pray. This is the confidence that we have in him. 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. People have prayed before for healings that did not come. It was not his will. Paul, Paul prayed three times that God would remove a thorn from his flesh. A very difficult situation. A very painful, painful situation in his life. And he said, oh God, what? And God said, nope, I'm not going to do that. But my grace will be sufficient for you. What did Paul say? Therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He got an answer. But it wasn't the answer he was asking for. But guess what answer he got? The will of God. How about the greatest man ever to live? Jesus. In the garden, he prayed three times. Now, now let me tell you something. He, he didn't just say, hey, Father, what do you think about this? The Bible said he prayed in such earnest agony that he was crying. Crying with great tears. Begging his father. Father, I know all things are possible with thee. I know you can do anything that you want to do. If it be thy let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. We pray for what we desire. We pray for what we want till we know God's will. And we submit to God's will. Here's the thing. How can we have confidence when we pray? When, when we know it's God's will, we can be pretty confident in what we ask it. If, you, if, if my children knew that I wanted to give them something. They would have no qualms about coming. Well, they don't have no qualms about asking for anything anyway. <laughs> but if they knew I wanted to give it to them, they would be confident and bold to come ask for it. Does this make sense? We have to be, but here's the key. You have to be submitted to the will of God to know the will of God. Oh, preacher, Oh, preacher, how about this? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means you have to die to yourself, surrender and submit completely to God. I'd be a, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed in this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that ye may prove. That word prove means discern. Discern what is that good and perfect will of God. Preacher, what are you saying? When you pray, are you submitted to his will? Are you going in it saying, uh, God, show me? Or are you going in and saying, God, hear me? Is prayer, uh-oh, is prayer, look out, is prayer your spare tire or is it your steering wheel? Yeah, we need to sing Jesus take the wheel. Hello. Most people don't even pray till they have a blowout. Much less seek God's will in the matter. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch. Now watch. 
If we are tuned into heaven, if we are tuned into heaven by a heart totally submitted to the will of God, then we are ready to ask God for exactly what we want and need. Preacher, how do we apply this? Let me give you an application before we go to number two. Before you ever open your mouth and say, Our Father, which art in heaven, say, God, I submit to you. Lord, you are Lord. You're the boss. And you say, Preacher, I'm having a hard time with that. Then ask him to help you with it. God, help me to submit. Help me to surrender. Help me to be like Jesus and say, not my, but thy be done. Are you there? Are you there? Are you, are you at a place where you can say, I'm 100% submitted to his will in my life? No matter what he says, no matter where he says to go, no matter where, what he says to do, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So, number one. Number one, when we go to pray, we need to be submissive, surrender to God's will. Number two, this is important. This is important because it connects to number one. We must have an understanding of God's word. We must have an understanding of God's word. How will you ever know the will of God without knowing the word of God? Say, what are you saying? The word is God's mind on paper. The word, we can say it this way. The word is what God wants for your life. Y'all with me? Let's connect that. Let's let's apply that and make it simple. Let's let's put that in a a real life situation. Listen, I have seen people. I have seen people. This, This husband left this wife. This wife left this husband and come together and said, we just want to thank God for bringing us together. Okay. There's so many things I want to say right now. But the first thing you need to understand, God didn't have anything to do with that monster. Ladies, God is not going to send you somebody else's husband. And men, he ain't going to send you somebody else's wife. Preacher, how do you know that? Because his word says thou shalt not commit adultery. Are y'all with me? So he's not going to do something that's contrary to his word. And and if I'm going to know his will for my life, it's it's a no-brainer to believe that I've got to know his word. Because his word... Is what tells me what his will for my life is. You see, as you're reading, as you're reading this morning, this morning, I'm in Philippians chapter number two, the latter part of chapter number two. And there is just a one one verse stood out to me. One verse stood out to me. And it, it was just for me, not for any of y'all. But, but he said that that he has many people that they're seeking their own, not the things of Christ. You know, are we seeking our own or are we seeking the things of Christ? And the thing is, if we don't know his word, how are we going to know what the things of Christ are? How are we going to know how to treat our spouse if we don't find it in his word? How are we going to know what God thinks about our relationships if we don't find it in his word? How are we going to, are y'all with me? 
You see, that's why last week was so important. Because when you saturate yourself in the word of God, you're going to know the mind of God. And then you're going to be able to perform what Philippians says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You got you to have an understanding of the word. You got to have a familiarity, f- familiarity with the word. Oh, but preacher, I think you just want us to read our Bible more. Well... What does John 15, 7 say? How is this connected to getting our prayers answered? John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, Jesus is speaking. If ye abide in me and my what? My words abide in you. What do you think that means? Just shout it out. What do you think that means? My words abide in you. You know it. You're reading it. You're studying it. You're, You're saturating yourself in his word. Look what he says. Now, who's speaking? Jesus. Can he lie? No. So he says, if you will abide in my word and my word abide in you, look what he says. Ye shall ask what ye and and say with me, say everybody read it together. And it shall be done unto. Uh Oh, see, it ain't that I just want you to read your Bible. There's a connection to the word and answered prayer. Joshua, Joshua 1.8, we read it last week. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. As we learn God's word, we learn what he wants for his children. Say it with me, let's read it. As we learn, everybody read it, help me. As we learn God's word, we learn what he wants for his his children. Why is it important to know what he wants for his children? So we can have confidence to ask for it. So we can have confidence to ask for it. Number three, we must be led by the Holy Spirit when we pray. We must be led by the Holy Spirit when we pray. Now let me say something. Everybody look at me for a second. This is a little uncomfortable this morning. You guys come in here, you guys come in here, and you like it when when, I preach a rah-rah message that makes you feel good and gives you a little encouragement. You had a rough week and, you know, come in here. This is not not Briar's vanilla and Hershey's chocolate. This is Brussels sprouts. This is, this, is, this is meat. This is roast and taters. Now, I love Briar's vanilla with the little beans in it. Say amen. I love it with Hershey's chocolate syrup just dripped all over it. If caramel's your thing, it's okay. But this is meat. This is meat. So don't get bored with me. Stay focused. Because this is, this is the things that you need to go to the next level. This is where you're at. You, 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 you got you to move on. You can't stay in an immature state in your Christian walk, in your Christian life, or you're always going to be defeated. We're talking about having the power of God on our lives. You're not going to give the keys to your your 
66 Chevelle to Carter, who is three years old and immature. If you do give it to anybody, I doubt that is ever going to happen. But it will be somebody who can handle the 454 big block that's sitting under the hood. I need a witness. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say that a lot of times we're so, we're so focused with a frilly that when we start really digging in and getting them some meat, you get bored. And your attention span, you better stay focused. Because right now, we are living in the most dangerous time in America for a Christian. And it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. The closer we get to the Lord's coming, the more persecution the church is going to get. And I'm telling you, you're going to need the power of God in your life. So wake up and pay attention. Listen, we need to understand God's will. When we come to pray, we need to know God's will for our life. We need to be submitted to God's will so he can reveal it to us. We need to have an understanding of the word. I'm not saying you have to be a Bible scholar, but I'm saying you've got to be familiar with his word. But then, number three, you need to listen and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as you pray. How many of you know that sometimes we don't know what to say when we pray? How many of you know the Holy Spirit knows every time what we need to say when we pray? Watch this. Watch this. Look what it says. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with hallelujah, with groanings, which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints. How does he pray? According to the. How many of y'all know the, the spirit always gets heard? Now, if it's critically important for the Holy Spirit to pray according to the will of God, how much more is important for us to do the same? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Yeah. Now watch this. Number, number four. This is going to bring it all to a head right here. This is going to make so much sense for some of you guys. Especially if you came out of a background where it was name it and claim it. And God's, you know, they have this idea that God's just up in heaven to... to Meet your every need. Watch. God doesn't answer prayer. God doesn't answer prayer so you can be comfortable. He doesn't. Imagine this. Imagine if God answered every prayer. Nobody would die. You have a loved one that's 97 years old. Oh God, we need 10 more years. Nobody would ever die. Nobody would ever. Listen. Sometimes we get selfish with it. And I do. I do. But why does God answer prayer? Is it for our sake? Is it so we can have a more comfortable, easy life? Is it so we can get what we want? Why does God answer prayer? If we understand this question. Oh, mercy. If we understand the question, why does God answer prayer? It's going to radically revolutionize your prayer life. Watch. Number four. It must be for the glory of God. 
Your prayers must be for the glory of God. John 14, 13. Why does God answer prayer? Watch this right here. This makes so much sense. John 14, 13. Whatsoever ye ask, or excuse me, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. Who's speaking? Jesus. That will I do. That. The word that is meaning this is why. This is why I'm going to do that. This is why I'm going to answer your prayer. This is why I'm going to supply your need. Watch this. That will I do. Why? That the Father may be, everybody, that the Father may be in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let me go back. Let me go back. Look on the front of your page. Front of your page. Second Chronicles 16, 9. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Hurry, 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 hurry. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Preacher, what are you saying? God wants to answer prayer. But he wants to answer the prayers that's going to bring glory to himself. God doesn't answer prayers so we can be comfortable. God doesn't answer prayers because he's obligated to it. God answers prayers so that he can be glorified. So when you get the answer to your prayer, you can stand up and shout glory to his name. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. But God showed up right on time. And God has met my need. And you start giving him glory. Let me tell you something. You keep giving him glory. He's going to do more stuff for you if you keep giving him glory. Why do you think that God answered the prayer of a young lad down in a valley facing a big old ugly giant? Because he said this. This is what David said out of his own mouth. David said this. He said, this whole crowd is going to know that there's a God in Israel. They're going to glorify the God of Israel. It's not me. It's not my ability. It's not my slinging power. It's the power of the God of heaven. And it will bring him glory. And I'm going to tell you what God moved on that situation. If you think God answers prayer just so you can be comfortable, if you think God answers prayer just so you can have what you want, you are sadly mistaken. God answers prayers because it's a way to bring himself glory. Jesus said this, I'm going to give you what you ask for so that my Father in heaven can be glorified in the Son. Somebody say amen. When you pray, you say, God, I want to bring you glory in my life. I want to bring you glory in the way I live. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Whether I live or I die, I want to magnify Christ in my life. What is your goal? What is your motivation? What is your motivation? What is your motive in praying? Is it because you're having a hard time? Is it because you want more stuff? Or do you want... A, a channel? Do you want an opportunity to bring glory to the God of heaven and show people? You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Listen, it, it, it's not important. It's not important. I, 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 see, I see churches all the time on social media and, and we'll post stuff, but, but churches all the time are posting all the stuff they're doing for God. You know what will change this community? It's not that this community sees what we do for God. It's if this community will see what God is doing for us. There are people serving gods all over the world. They're sacrificing to gods all over the world. They're committed to gods all over the world. But there's not gods all over the world that can hear and answer a prayer. It's only the God of heaven. Why do you think the queen who came to see Solomon, she said, I didn't heard about him. I heard this and I heard that. She had been in temples everywhere. She had been in, in, in temples to gods all over the place. But the Bible said when she showed up in Jerusalem and she spent some time with the man of God, oh, she saw the temple and the glory cloud in it. She had, it took her breath away. Why? Because that was the only temple that had something real in it. You know why we need our prayers answered? Not so we can have an easier life, not so we can get what we want, but so that we can go into this community and say, let me tell you about a God who heard and answered my prayer. Let me tell you about a God who is real and he's in heaven and he will meet your need. How do you know that? Because he has met my need. He has showed up right on time. He walks on the water. He raises a dead. He'll meet you in your darkest hour. I have a God who can. Give him praise and glory in his house. Our motive will drastically change the reaction that we get from the God of heaven. I'll be the first to tell you there's been tons of times in my life that I went to God selfishly with the wrong motives. But I'm going to tell you this. When you go with the right spirit and the right motive, God will meet you there. Amen. And if your goal is to bring Him glory, if your goal is for people to see God in your life, I'm going to tell you what. Your, your, your track record in prayer is going to drastically improve. And all God's people say it. Let me tell you the saddest thing. I got two, two, two minutes to tell you what I'm feeling right now. Some of y'all got bored today. I can see it. Mentally, about halfway through this thing, you checked out. Because you heard a word that you didn't like. You heard a word that said you have to be submitted to His will, not yours. And as a pastor, let me tell you something. My heart's breaking right now because I know that you're going to walk out them doors and your life is not going to change one single bit. Because you're the boss. You want what you want, no matter what he wants. I I, I encourage you. Change that attitude. You'll be glad you did. Because what he wants and what he has for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. And all God's people say it.